0: You're listening to the Murphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Murphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder... Why haven't I done that yet? Well, on this episode, meet Kevin Belanger, the trail planner for the Great American Rail Trail at Rails to Trails Conservancy. Rails to Trails is the largest nonprofit organization related to trails. Since 1986, they have worked to bring the power of trails to more communities across the country, serving as the national voice for the rail trail movement. Get this, to date, there are over 25 4,000 miles of rail trails on the ground nationwide, and more than 8,000 miles of rail trails ready to be built. Their focus is on linking these corridors, creating trail networks that connect people and places, bringing transformative benefits to communities all over the country. Kevin's focus is on the Great American Rail Trail, which is an effort to connect a multi-use trail across the country, And so far, they are over half done, with 2,000 miles completed. Chances are high you have spent some time on a rail trail. And it's nice to know, along with local supporters, there's a national organization working hard to help communities create a safe, seamless, and scenic pathway, which can also have big economic benefits, too. So here's Kevin to tell us more. All right. Well, on the show today, we have Kevin Belanger. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Um, You are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a trail planner at Rails to Trails Conservancy.
1: Yes, I am. In Maryland, we have our DC office here, and actually, currently, I'm out walking on a trail. Oh, nice! So you might hear some some birds in the background and stuff. It's a beautiful day here in the Mid Atlantic.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Well, I'm excited to hear about Rails to Trails. I utilize those trails quite a bit throughout the year on on my adventures. So I'm really excited to meet somebody who's kind of on the front
1: line. Yeah, I have not heard it described like that before, but it's true. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a fun job, and I love talking about it, so thanks for having me.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, you alluded a little bit, since you're on a trail in a beautiful area, but let us know where you live and what cycling is like there.
1: Yeah, so I live in Silver Spring, Maryland. I actually recently bought a house, so I'm learning about the cycle culture in my new town. I used to live right downtown in D.C. Um, Silver Spring's just on the other side of the Beltway. And I have figured out how to commute to our office in downtown DC nice via bike, which I can actually, some of the roads aren't super comfortable up here, but I can take my bike on a public bus to a trailhead a few miles down the road. And then I take a trail most of the way into the city and then I'm on the city streets. And that feels really safe and doable for me. And I love it.
0: Yeah, I, uh, we talked a little bit before pushing record, but I recently did a trip from Pittsburgh to DC. And um, it's kind of a long story. I, I think I'm going to do a podcast episode about it. But Hurricane Ida came through. So oh, no. we finished the Gap trail, got to Cumberland, and then we had to, um, we call it time warp, where we had to get a ride (laughs) to Washington, D.C., and then we rode the trail backwards until it got to the flooding part. But the point of that story is uh, biking in Washington, D.C., it was crazy because there was traffic coming at us from every which angle, and yet there were so many bike trails. So as long as we had somebody in our group navigating and getting us from bike trail to bike trail. I felt very safe.
1: Yeah. DC is a great bike city and it's gotten even better over the last couple of decades. Um, we have a lot of traffic in the DC area, but I do feel really comfortable biking on most city roads in mm-hmm. DC. And even as we spread out to the suburbs, I feel like we're, we're doing more Montgomery County in Maryland has made a major deal about biking. Arlington has, lots of places in this area. So um, it's a good place to be on a bike.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of bikes, let's talk about Rails to Trails Conservancy.
1: Yeah, we were founded in the mid 80s. And uh, that was a time when a lot of old railroad corridors were abandoning. They were no longer being used for their original purpose. So we were founded to help keep those um, railroad lines in the public right-of-way and turning them into trails so that people could walk and bike on them if we knew that if they were lost they were not coming back and these are such great linear corridors that people could use to get around for recreation for transportation to go outside um So So we've been doing that over the years, yeah.
0: So when I think of um, a trail that used to be a railroad, I don't really understand the background. So obviously uh, trains used to be on that same space. Was the land owned by the railroad and then they just said, you know what, we're done taking trains through this area and we'll just give it to whoever?
1: (laughs) In the, in fewer words, yes. Basically, that <laughs> uh, all, all train corridors were where rail lines used to be. So trains would be coming through yeah. with some level of frequency. And some of these rail lines were active for 100 plus years. Some rail lines were built, used for a couple of years, and then were no longer needed. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating once you dive into the thousands of miles of rail. Trails. Each one has a different story. Each one has a different timeline. Also. Oh yeah. So some it takes a little while to build trails. People get really excited and think that we can do this in a year, and we always have to be like, well, well, let's let's make sure to, to think about how long it actually takes to go through the political process to go through the funding process to get public mm-hmm. buy-in on trails.
0: Yeah. Well, and then just the physical. I mean, you are literally either ripping up trail or train lines, or you're, you know, making it next to it, or I'm not sure how that works, but it's crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, rail lines got built pretty quickly when they wanted to, right? Yeah. Um, so they they take a certain amount of time to pull up, but there's also investment that goes into that part. I do want to make sure I make it clear that oftentimes the rail company, are not just donating land. They they're in business. They're trying to make a profit as well. Sure. So there has there's often some type of transaction that goes on to um, someone has to purchase that. They may um, donate that as part of the tax incentive. There's also a process of rail banking where a rail company could be could abandon their line where that then. If they decided you know actually we want to put this back in in the future that corridor still exists for them to have access to ah. but then we could potentially negotiate with partners to find to build a trail adjacent perhaps to the active rail line yeah or find another way to accommodate the trail that was there as well that oh. doesn't happen a lot in terms of rail lines coming back into service but yeah. it is the way to make it so that they feel comfortable with the process
0: okay well i live in iowa and we have what's called the cedar valley nature trail um, yeah, it's about 52 miles, I think, from end to end. But what's interesting is when I go through my hometown of Cedar Rapids, and I'm on that trail, there's literally a railroad line, probably like 15 feet from the trail. So that makes me wonder, did it used to be two railroad lines? Or like, I just found that interesting that it still exists.
1: Yeah, some places were multiple lines wide. And they only perhaps abandoned a few lines. Yeah, There's also places where we work on what is called a rail with trail, where there is a single track or a double track train line, and then they'll build a trail adjacent to that in the existing excess right-of-way that the rail company may own, oh. or even that a public entity may own next to it. So each of these is going to be a little different. Sure. Often, the majority of them are places where there was a track the track was pulled up and a trail was built because it's so good for trails because rail lines needed a relatively flat
2: mm-hmm.
1: land. They couldn't go up more than I think three and a half percent or something like that, which is great for people walking and biking and in, in wheelchairs and such because it's not very steep.
0: Yeah. Wow. I'm like, it's kind of getting into my head just how massive of a project this is. So that brings me to my next question. What's your role at rails to trails?
1: Yeah. So as the manager of trail planning, I've been here for five years or so. And I still pinch myself that this is a job that I found that exists because I studied uh, walking and biking in graduate school at the University of Oregon. I spent a lot of time outside and it's just really great that an organization like this exists. We're the largest um, nonprofit uh, related to trails in the country. And my role specifically is on a lot of things, but the biggest thing I work on is what we call the Great American Rail Trail. Mm-hmm. I'm the lead planner on that project, and that is an effort to connect a multi-use trail across the country between Washington, D.C. and the Pacific Ocean in Washington State. Um, that's a beast that I'd love to to talk more with you about.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I was just going to say, I am 99% sure that the trail I just mentioned in my hometown is part of the it Great sure American is. Rail Trail. So. I, I already get to experience a little bit of the Great American Rail Trail.
1: <laughs> well, Yeah, I got excited when you mentioned Cedar Valley Nature Trail because that's one of our gateway trails to the Great American Rail Trail. I think there's roughly 150 individual trails currently that make up the portion that is open along the Great American Rail Trail.
2: Oh, nice. And
1: um, that's about 53% of the entire route is already open. It's trails that exist now. And that's roughly 2, 000, just over 2,000 miles so part of our job is working with our partners to find ways to fill the other 1,700 miles of gaps. Right. It sounds like a lot because it is, but it's also a huge um, moment that we're already over halfway completed on this kind of a trail because it's not going to be done on its own, right?
0: Right, so right. So that's,
1: that's where we're at.
0: And I'm I'm guessing you have a secret file in your office that <laughs> shows, like, here's our dream route and here's what we need to do so i know you know we're up on a podcast so you you're safe your secret is safe but do you feel like it's something that can be accomplished a quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by lizard lips lip balm these great lip balms contain natural ingredients come in a variety of flavors and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection check it out at lizardlips.net. now back to the show
1: well, I'll tell you, it's not a secret. If you go to oh. greatamericanrailtrail.org, um, we have an interactive map right there that shows you all the trails that are open now. And it have, we have two types of gaps. If you go to yeah greatamericanrailtrail.org, you can see that there are red lines on the maps, which we call planned segments mm-hmm. of the gaps, which are lines that our partners on the ground are working on actively. or in an adopted public plan in some capacity, so they're like, yeah, put this line on the map. We're going to work on this. Some are opening very soon. Some have lots of years to continue to work on. But those, that's roughly another thousand miles or so. And then you'll see a few boxes on the map. And those are just trails that segments that are not ready to show a full line on the map yet. They haven't gone through enough process, but mm-hmm. we're working in the back end with our partners to determine is there an old rail line? Is there a rail with trail option? What other creative options? exist because ultimately this isn't going to be exactly a rail trail 100 mm-hmm. percent across the country because that just doesn't exist right but we want to create that same experience so that if someone is going across or even in small segments they still have that same accessible way that's available to the most amount of people
0: wow how exciting what a like you, yeah you definitely have a dream job
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i i do love it it's great i love working with our team and we at rails to trails conservancy don't build or maintain trails ourselves mm-hmm. we are not the owners of those trails we work with hundreds and thousands of partners across the country and they it's great fun the most fun i have in my job is when i get to travel sea trails i was actually just in indiana last week in richmond at the southern end of the cardinal greenway mm. and getting to meet with partners in a, a way that we were outside so it felt safe for the pandemic and all yeah um, but i love getting to like see on the ground see the passion that people have to build trails right? and like see people on them. It's it's really fun.
0: Right. And, you know, obviously we know that building trails or buying trails or space for trails costs money. So, and you mentioned that uh, you're a nonprofit organization. So how is it all of this funded and maintained?
1: Great question. So we are a nonprofit organization that we rely on member donations on grants on philanthropy for our ability to do our work but to build and maintain the the trails on the ground that is a lot of various funding sources as well Mm. um we have our we have a policy team that works that's why we're in dc because we want to have access to congress we work on the federal level to ensure that there is funding in the transportation bills in Um, The various infrastructure bills that keep getting um, discussed in Congress, Um, we have several programs called the Recreational Trails Program, the Transportation Alternatives Program. Those are big pots of money that were put in transportation bills Mm -hmm. to help fund exactly this kind of stuff. And generally, they're on the state level that organizations apply for funding annually, biannually to do. And you can use parts of those buckets of money for maintenance as well. But a lot of it comes from local jurisdictions, from county, from state, from city budgets,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then also from philanthropy as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So people that are listening that want to support the cause, um, either monetarily or through support of, you know, maybe their own gov- local government, can you give us some ideas on how to do that?
1: Yeah. So, of course, Rails and Trails Conservancy welcomes and loves donations. So we, we put that up first and foremost. But each of our organizations, if you have a trail in your backyard that you love, they need financial assistance as well. Mm-hmm. So I won't name any specifically, but off the top of my head, you can think of the trails you mentioned. Each of those county governments, perhaps, um, they have friends groups, mm-hmm. um, nonprofit organizations that support the, the, friend, uh, the trail development as well. Um, each of those places definitely could use financial resources. And if that's not available to you, And it's also helping to make sure that there's the political will to keep these trails in good shape and to continue to build. Mm -hmm. So talking about it, going out there, activating your trails, getting people out there with you. The more people we see on trails, especially in the last year and a half since the COVID pandemic started, we have seen an incredible boost in the amount of people using trails. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that has really changed the public conversation about trails being less of a nice-to-have amenity and more of a necessity in most communities. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I wanted to get into a little bit more about community, which brings me back to my recent attempt at the Gap Trail, which was the Great Allegheny Passage. And we did actually complete the whole thing, um, which was awesome. But the thing that I noticed was each little community that we went into was very bike focused, which means I feel like because of that trail, their community is prospering and they're maybe attracting more business because of it. Do you want to speak a little bit to that?
1: Yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. I got to do the Great Allegheny Passage in CNO last summer. Oh, cool. Myself. Yeah. I biked from Pittsburgh to D.C. Um, with a friend of mine. We actually we uh, camped the whole time, too, because we weren't quite comfortable staying inside of any places yet. Right. But I loved getting moved through each of the small towns that are along the trail. Yeah. They A lot of them... Existed because the rail corridor went through there. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of times old rail towns, not just the Great Allegheny Passage, but lots of other trails too. And they suffer when the rail lines disinvested from the communities. Mm-hmm. So, a major thing that we love to talk about is trail tourism, trail economies, and what outdoor recreation does to a small town mm-hmm. that focuses on the trail as opposed to has the trail in the backyard and ignores it the more you can put signage up that says hey here's our our downtown is a half mile this way follow Mm -hmm. this road you're gonna find an ice cream shop you're gonna find a restaurant a cafe Mm -hmm. uh, a hotel or a motel that kind of stuff is huge like it doesn't take a whole lot of signage and amenities to really transform the way someone's on the trail to see what this town Offers as well.
0: Yeah. And the town that comes to mind is Frostburg. I think it's Frostburg, Maryland.
2: Oh
1: yeah, that, yeah.
0: So cute. We stopped because there were like uh bicycle sculptures and things to take photos of and we're like, well let's go check out the town. And it was like a straight up hill but so well worth it, because once we got to the top, it was like a little cute Main Street, all kinds of restaurants and bars, and we found an Airbnb. It was a really, you can tell that they embrace the fact that they have bicyclists coming through daily.
1: Yeah, and Frostburg is a college town, too. A few of my friends went there for college. Oh, oh cool. So, yeah, it's it's great to um, hear you put their name out there like that. Yeah. But that, that's an example of how hundreds of communities around the country do focus on that and are benefiting from it. And the communities that aren't, don't see the same benefits.
0: Right. And as far as uh, your experience on the Gap Trail, do you want to give us a highlight or, you know, anything fun happen while you're on it?
1: Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, So my friend and I met in Pittsburgh. We were friends from grad school. We actually had the plan to do this on Memorial Day of 2019. And we were like, we're going out next summer. (laughs) Little did we know. That might be a little more challenging. Yeah. But we decided we felt safe enough if we stayed outside and didn't go inside lots of places. So um, we met, started in Pittsburgh, took five and a half days to get to D.C. And we hammock camped the whole time, which was great. Mm. I loved that. But I was surprised in August how cold it was in Pennsylvania at night. (laughs) I'm used to camping in Maryland on the Eastern Shore, places where you're just like sweating at night. Mm-hmm. So I didn't quite uh, realize how cold my butt would be when mm-hmm. I was in a hammock. Yeah. <laughs> <at night. laughs> uh, so next time I'll wear, I'll bring a pair of pants to sleep Yeah, in, there you instance. go. <laughs> uh, but I did. I'm pretty confident that I saw a mountain lion. Oh wow! And I looked it up online, and it claims mountain lions don't exist in Pennsylvania, but. If it wasn't a mountain lion, then it was the world's largest, smoothest beige cat that exists. Wow. But it was probably 100 feet in front of me and just crossed the trail really fast. So my friend didn't even see it. I was like, holy cow, dude, I think I just saw a mountain lion. He's like, no way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's when you guys both are like, do you have any weapons on you? Crap, neither do
1: I. (laughs) Well, thankfully, we didn't bother it, and it didn't bother us. Oh, perfect. Um, The next day, I did see a black bear, though. A confirmed sighting of a juvenile black bear, which ran behind me on the trail, actually coming down from the Eastern Continental Divide, which you did as well. Yep. Which is a great, if you're going the Pittsburgh to D.C. direction, that's fantastic, because that's like 25 miles straight downhill.
0: Downhill, yep.
1: So I'm coasting, I'm smiling like an idiot because I'm having so much fun. (laughs) And I hear this rustling behind me. I turn around and it's this like teenage black bear that just ran across the trail. And I like started screaming. My friend was probably 30 feet ahead of me. And he's like, You okay? I was like,
2: Yeah, dude, I just saw a black bear. Go to town. Oh my gosh.
0: I didn't even think about bears when I was out there.
1: You know, I grew up in Maryland most of my life, and I had never seen a bear out east. I've seen bears out west, but yeah. never out east. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to uh, speak really quickly about the specifics of the terrain of the Great Allegheny Passage, because we, um, you know, like I mentioned, we made it to Cumberland before Hurricane Ida stopped us in our tracks as far as flooding goes. Yeah. But it poured down rain, and, you know, remember, we... We're self-contained. We don't have any way to get off the trail or to get anywhere. So we just continued pedaling. And there was a point when there was maybe an inch of rain on the trail, but yet it was still rideable. Like, it was just beautiful terrain as far as, you know, it wasn't muddy. It was just splash, splash, splash. And it was warm enough, so it was actually... You know, you you said that you were laugh or smiling as you're going down the hill. We were kind of laughing too, like, "Oh my gosh!" You
1: have to at that point. We're yeah. in it.
0: Let's go! And it ended up being a really, really cool experience.
1: Yeah, once you're outside, and I, I love riding and running in the rain because the first five minutes you're like. Oh, no, what am I doing? Yeah. And then once you, once you get past that, you're just like, okay, I'm wet. Yeah. Let's enjoy this. Yeah. right? I'm not going to get any more wet. I am as wet as I can be.
0: Right, <laughs> right, right. So uh, back to Rail Trail, um, somebody reached out to me for the podcast to tell me about Uh, what's called the Rail Trail Hall of Fame, and it was because one of the Iowa trails just recently uh, got added to the list, and I was wondering if you could mention a little bit about what the Rail Trail Hall of Fame is. A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion, and apparel is their craft. So if you're in the market for a New Jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to primalwear.com and use code primal Murph to get 20% off your purchase yes 20% off now back to the show
1: yeah sure uh, so it was started in 2007 as a way to highlight really awesome trails that accentuate certain things like really great surfacing really great historical features mm-hmm. really great signage that goes through towns people that towns that really embrace the trails we want to celebrate those so gosh. We've done at least one every year since 2007. The wall, the the Hall of Fame wall, sits next to my desk in the office, and I I think we're roughly at like 30 or so now. So the trail you just mentioned is the Raccoon River Rail Trail, Raccoon River Valley Trail. Yep, that's the one that just made it. Yep. Yeah, northwest of Des Moines, and um, my team, as we're recording this, is actually there right now for the celebration.
0: Oh, cool! That's very cool. Yeah. So it, yeah. could, it could definitely become somebody's bucket list to try and hit all of the Hall of Famers.
1: I would love to hear about that. I, I <laughs> hope that someone has tried it already, but every year we get a new one, so it never ends, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that, but that's the <laughs> your, point. The right?
1: mission keeps going. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, when we talk about, you know, just biking in general you have been on some pretty great adventures. And when we were talking via email, you mentioned that you have a blog called By Way of the Trail. It was so fun to check out your adventures. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, it's a fun little side passion of mine where I talk about my own adventures. But some sometimes my adventures blend with my work adventures. Because <laughs> yeah. as I said, I get to travel around the country. So I recently wrote a post about my time in Wyoming in 2016 with two of my colleagues. That was right after I started and we went out to try to scout where the great American rail trail could go through Wyoming. Cause there's not a lot of rail trail or multi-use trails in the state. Um, so I got to write about that and really digest that experience for myself. And I have a silly sense of humor, so I like to make it a little irreverent. So if you go there, Remember that the words are from my perspective and do not um, reflect my organization.
0: <laughs> well, and it's um, a hilarious uh, blog, but the photographs are hilarious, too, because you'll tell a story and then you'll show a photo to kind of give you an idea of what you're going through. It's very entertaining.
1: Ah, uh, Thanks. Yeah, um, it, it's always fun to see what kind of gifts exist, To uh, put a little punch on the story. But yeah, <laughs> if you go to com, that's where you can read about it. And I try to post roughly weekly. I shared one story for every day of my Great Allegheny Passage and Sino Canal trip last year. Yeah. Currently, I'm writing about my trip in 2018 where a friend and I biked from um, Strasbourg, France to Frankfurt, Germany.
0: Whoa, let's talk about that. Which,
1: yeah, so it was, it was only a three-day trip, so it's actually not that difficult of a journey. But we were going to visit some other friends in Frankfurt and we had a few days to kill. And I dragged along my friend Steve, who is a fit guy, but is not like a, a bike person, as one would say, with quotes around it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, I have this idea. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I trust you. If I'm going to go with someone, I trust you. Let me do it. <laughs> and it was, it was great. It was so much fun. Um, I remember I speak for, uh, some French. I studied abroad in France and have a minor in it. And so we ate lunch outside of Strasbourg, and on the menu it said, une salade verte avec fromage, which is a green salad with cheese. And I was like, okay, great, I would like a salad for lunch. I ordered it, and it was a small salad and a very large wheel of breaded fried cheese. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, that's that's my lunch. <laughs> Um, which was great. I wasn't going to complain about eating a large it, wheel of cheese for lunch. Right, but. right. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend so thought he was getting a ham sandwich, jambon. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah, that's probably going to be safe. He ends up getting uh, basically like a ham hock with <laughs> melted cheese on top of
0: it. Those are some big meals for lunch.
1: Yeah. I was like, maybe my uh, French isn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in the classroom in high school or college is way different than when you're actually trying to apply it.
1: Yeah, especially I haven't spoken it in years, so it was yeah, fun. I mean, they were they were delicious mistakes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and what was the um, road traffic like when you're on your bike, or were you mostly on trails?
1: Yeah. Th- thank you. The reason we did this because they have routes on Europe around Europe called the Eurovelo routes, which are kind of their like cycling work around Europe. So I wanted to explore that. I've got good friends at Adventure Cycling Association Oh yeah, who told me about that. Um, shout out to Ginny who shared with me her um, maps from her times out there. So I wanted to see what that could look like because ultimately we're trying to create a similar experience on the Great American Rail Trail. So mm-hmm. while this was a personal vacation, I also took it as a moment to do work because I can never shut that part off. Because when you blend your work and your passion, it happens all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So when you think of all, you know, maybe it's just uh, while you've been at Rails to Trails, but um, all the places that you've traveled to, do you, have, do you have a few favorites that you've experienced while on a bike?
1: Oh, gosh. Um,
0: you can say Iowa. That's... I would not be <laughs> mad about that.
1: You know, I haven't gotten a bike in Iowa yet. Oh, geez. Okay. I visited for the Great American Rail Trail, but I have not gotten on a bike. I've gone on a run on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail. Though. Okay, good. Okay. And it was it was very nice. It's a very nice paved trail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, the High Trestle Trail. I don't, have you been on that yet?
0: Oh, many times. Yes. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that is gorgeous.
0: And that's like so. a, a well worth listeners looking up after you're done listening to the podcast to look up the High <laughs> Trestle Trail because it is beautiful i think it's 11 stories above the ground and the views are amazing plus they've made the bridge more into a piece of art so it's really cool
1: yeah and it's worth a visit at night too to see the lights
2: yes yeah
1: i was amazed by the scale though like how high that bridge was off the ground and the fact that it was an old train bridge right blows my mind to see the engineering and architectural feats that we have done in this country yeah yeah
0: yeah, I do. I do the same thing. I'm always like, "How was this made?" Especially if it was hundreds of years ago. You know, it wasn't like yeah. they had electronic stuff to, you know, measure things and make things perfect. How
1: did that work? It's very impressive the ingenuity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another another place I want to mention is I'm um, going to travel a bunch around Montana for this project, and we launched the route of the Great American Rail Trail on May eighth, 2019. Hmm. It's only been out for a little more than two years. And we got, on that day, we got to do a series of live events across the country, kind of celebrate. with. And I got to be in Free Forks, Montana, mm-hmm. on the Headwaters Trail system, which is about 30 or 45 minutes um, west of Bozeman. Mm-hmm. And they welcomed us with open arms. It was amazing. <laughs> the town opened up the rail depot that they had spent day and night trying to refurbish for this event, um, oh, wow. time for this event. Yeah. They opened it up for us to go live on camera with them, and they had hot dogs, cookies, probably a hundred people came to this small town. It was such like a heartwarming way to kick off for me personally because I've been so excited about this project for yeah, so long. yeah it, I just that that still like sits as one of my favorite memories, and the small hotel in the town rents bikes, so my colleague and I got to go on a bike oh, that cool, morning. Cool uh, to go.
0: For. i uh it was it's been a couple weeks now but i went to montana for the first time and took my bike and went to whitefish montana and oh, nice. i everything about that state was so amazing as far as the views and the biking and the people and like you said you know the little hotels and it, it's a great state to uh put on your list
1: Yes, and I don't want to leave any other state off. I won't mention all of oh, them. But yeah, there's for great, sure. The great things in all the 12 states in DC that this route goes across. So Those are some of my immediate highlights.
0: Yeah, and uh, tell the listeners the website again because that map is pretty cool to look at.
1: Yeah, uh, you can go to greatamericanrailtrail.org. Um, you can also check out railstotrails.org and get a link from there. And there's also a service we provide called traillink.com, mm. and that has Um, entries for all of the trails we have in our database which is tens of thousands of miles of trail and you can look at it for free you can get a paid membership that gives you extra benefits to that and i i use it personally all the time when i'm in a new place i'm like all right where's the trail where am i going for a run today um so traillink.com is certainly a good resource too
0: and i do use that and did not realize it was part of rails to trails that's awesome
1: we are everywhere
0: Well, speaking of everywhere, do you have any adventures on your horizon or places you're visiting?
1: Yeah. Um, next, um, in the spring, with the same friend who I went on my Gap and CNO trip with, we're going to do the Ohio to Erie Trail, which goes from basically Cincinnati to Cleveland. Mm. So personally, I'm trying to bike all of the open segments of the Great American Rail Trail over a few years, and I plan on doing more with my own personal creative stuff with that. Mm. So this is going to be another part of that adventure. And I'm looking forward to that because it's part, I, I feel like I know the mid Atlantic East coast. So I'm excited to start heading West and really get out there on trails that I'm not super familiar with.
0: Yeah. I, and I bet it's pretty fun, you know, when you're sitting in your office and you probably know the route, you know, cause you've looked at it a gazillion times and you're experiencing it firsthand because you're helping to plan it. But to see it on paper and then to actually live it on a bike is probably pretty cool.
1: It is. It's a such a strange and fun thing when I'm like, I've looked at this town on a map because there's a small gap here a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing that road name that I like sits in the back of my head. and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I've been here virtually, but not physically. <laughs> um, my my colleagues like to make fun of me because we have a route assessment, which walks through the entire route of the Great American Rail Trail. You can find that on our website if you really want to dive deep into the wonkiness of it. But I have a printed copy at my desk and I'll bring it out in a meeting and they'll say, all right, we were talking about this thing in Iowa and I'll flip to a page and I almost without fail, like I flipped to the right page accidentally. Oh, geez. <laughs> I just I just know like where in the, the country this, this yeah. particular trail is.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, Kevin, I'm so excited to have met you and to learn more about Rails to Trails Conservancy and, of course, the Great American Rail Trail. And I know I'll be continuing to uh, put some miles here and there throughout the United States.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And really, I got turned on to your podcast when you had Whitney Washington on a little while back. Yeah, We got to chat with her um, because she was starting her journey across the country following some of the open sections. And I was just so excited to talk with her. She is a person who I want to see more of on trails. I want to see more people of color on trails. I want to see more people who we don't see represented out there. More queer people on trails. Not that she is that I know of, but I'm just saying more like more more of everybody. So, yeah. I was so excited when you had her on the podcast as well.
0: Yeah, if listeners if you haven't heard her episode, you need to because she's somebody who would not consider herself a cyclist, but she loves human-powered machines. And so, I think she just was like, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my bike from high school and ride across the United States." And <laughs> it's quite an adventure. You know, she upgraded bikes, she had a bike donated, I think due to Rails-to-Trails. To
1: yeah. Yeah, thanks our board your... member, Noel Cagle,
0: yeah. Yeah, thanks to Noel. So great story. And then it, I missed her probably by a couple hours where she was in Kalispell, Montana, biking, and I was just coming back from Whitefish. And we had uh, messaged each other, and I we just missed. I was, I'm so oh, bummed because no. I would have loved to have met her in real life. But what an amazing, inspiring woman.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to watching. I believe she's a filmmaker. So I look forward to seeing whatever she creates from this journey and her other journeys. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. All right. Before we close, is there anything else that you want to plug or that we maybe didn't talk about?
1: No, I really appreciate the opportunity to share about the trail across the country that it's it's not complete yet. And we're working on completing it and we want people to go out and experience segments of it. That already are done in your backyard. Yeah. Go on long weekend trips, share with us, follow us on social media. You can find on Instagram and Facebook at Great American Rail Trail. You can find everything from rails to trails. I think that's our handle on most places.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can follow me at Byway of the Trail on Twitter and Instagram. Check out my blog. I'd love to hear people's feedback on that.
0: And it's actually a website, right? Byway of the Trail?
1: By way of dot com. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. And one more note about the actual, you know, rail trail is like you mentioned, it's not a hilly type trail because you have to think about trains used to be on there. So when you say, you know, we'd like to get more people out there, anybody, even if you aren't a cyclist, you know, get find a rail trail, ride your find a bike, ride it for five miles. You may just get hooked.
1: <laughs> and I would love to share just a brief story about the CNO Canal. They're, oh yeah. They're, up, they're they're resurfacing right now a lot of sections of it, which is really exciting to see because the C&O Canal hasn't historically had the same great compacted surface that the Great Allegheny Passage has had.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: So they're they're working on upgrading that. And um Robin Zanati, who works at the CNO Canal Trust, was telling me she has a friend in a wheelchair who uses a wheelchair and he had never been on the canal because of the surfacing and recently he got to go out on a recently surfaced um compacted section of trail Mm. and he just what she said he felt like this was huge he had never been able to see himself outside like that so it's not just for the long-distance cyclist yeah who's trying to make a record or anything it's for whoever wants to be outside
0: excellent well thank you so much kevin
1: thank you so much for having me
0: Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Thanks, Kevin, for coming on to talk about Rails to Trails, as well as some of your fun experiences on the bicycle. I have a feeling you all will be hearing more from me about the trails that made the Rail Trail Hall of Fame because they do such a good job of showing just how cool these places are. You can become a supporter of Rail Trails in many ways. Railstotrails.org is a good start. You should also head over to GreatAmericanRailTrail.org to see the progress of the Cross Country Rail Trail in Progress link.com will help you find the next trail worth exploring. And if you have some time off the bike, I highly recommend checking out Kevin's personal blog about his bike adventures over at bywayofthetrail.com. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology. Visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out my website for all kinds of bicycle stuff. And a quick shout out to Simmons Electric for sponsoring this episode. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Adrian Hall. If you face the rest of your life with the spirit you show on the trail, it will have no choice but to yield the same kind of dreams and memories think about it.